Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy could quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah! There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. It wouldn't be a special episode if I couldn't really screw up the announcements and the music at the same time. That well, be- hey. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I turned it on, the music was too low, and. What the hell? It's a 300th episode. This is it. And it's live. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum. Yep. Yep. And I... Yeah, so what? So what? I put it in. So um, we left it off yesterday when we were speaking after. You had a... You know what? Instead of going under... We're going to start with your story, which you should have interrupted me. Because I'm happy to go... Because we could go as long as you want. So what happened? You want to tell our listeners something that happened, some kind of interesting. Yeah, well, interesting. It's, it's sad, really, but not too sad. Yeah. Uh, Father's Day, yeah. Sunday, this last Sunday, um, my partner Damon uh-huh. uh, decided he was going to cook dinner. So it was kind of a special dinner. He spent two and a half hours uh, cooking um, everything soup to nuts and we had some uh, some guests over uh, my daughter uh, son-in-law grandchild were here uh, a couple of our friends uh, their daughter and um, we put the table out on the balcony because it was a fairly nice night and uh, we just sat down to eat um, it was already dark and I don't know. We got like five bites of our dinner and we were sitting down for maybe 15 minutes and we hear this horrendous screech of tire and a wallop. And we, we look down and we realize a car has run through our fence and is in our front yard. Uh, we live on a corner. So obviously this person uh, could not quite negotiate the turn at and of course being a former trooper I'm able to do minimum speeds so I got a speed range between 62 and 84 miles an hour wow a uh, little hard a little hard to negotiate a turn at that speed so um, one of my guests was able to look down from the balcony and look right into the car and it was a young lady uh wearing a white tank top, driving a fairly new, like a year or two old um, 
Chevy Malibu or, or Impala, uh, that style. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately, you know, we scurry, we run downstairs. My son-in-law, I think he set a record in sprinting. Uh, I blinked. I know I hauled ass downstairs and he was, you know, 20 feet in front of me. He jumps what's left of the fence because she pulled out. Mm-hmm. And when she pulled out, she left, you know, some parts of her car behind. And by the time he gets to the street, she's at the end of the street, two and a half blocks away, um, where the road bends. And then he can't really see which way she turns when she goes to US 1. So we're left with a, uh, a $2,000 repair job to the fence, um, and, uh, and dinner was ruined. What, what so, color was his car? Silver. Silver? A silver Chevy uh, late model, 2019-2020 Impala, right? Yeah, that style. So she'd have, she should have... Uh, damage to the front end, damage to the passenger side, quarter panel. She should have damage to her windshield and scrapes on her roof. Yeah. But um, but you know she left. The cops came, of course. They did their report. Um, they were on it immediately. I love these Monroe County guys. As soon as Damon called, um, by the time my buddy started his car, picked me up in the street, drove to the corner. Monroe County was there. And of all things, they pulled over a silver Chevy Impala. The only problem was it was a little older and it was the wrong car. But the only reason why they pulled it over is they'd already got the message over the radio. So it went out immediately. Yeah. And um, here's the interesting thing. Where she was coming from is a dead-end street. Oh. And the cops went down there. And of course, we knew a few. We know a few people down there, and uh, everyone. The consensus is it came from one particular house. Yeah. The cops went. The cops went there and said, hey, can, "Can you tell me about this, you know, silver Impala and the young lady driving it?" And they said, "We don't know what you're talking about." So, how unfortunate that you, you know, instead of just saying, "Yeah, listen." Uh, it's not us. It's, it's a friend of ours. Uh, this is who it is. All I want is someone to pay for my fence. Uh-huh. Un- unfortunately, since she left, now what I want is for her to pay for the fence and for her to go to jail. Yeah. Where, whereas if she stopped, we just said, hey, everyone's, everyone makes a fuck up every now and then, but you're going to mm-hmm. have to pay for our fence. That's all. Just pay for our fence. Where's your insurance card? And we'll take care of it. Well, that's the fucking keys for you, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. sure that but happens it was, a lot know, of different places and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I don't. I I worked many of those wrecks when I was a trooper. Just silly, stupid things. Uh, you know, obviously, the odds are she was probably drinking. Maybe she had a fight with someone, and she left. But yeah, yeah. you know, it kind of ruined. It kind of ruined Father's Day. But um, yeah, was there so a lot of people? Happened. Were there a lot of people at the house that? Uh, they were investigating you mean as far as law enforcement no at the house that you went they went and checked where they thought it originated oh yeah from. no they they had they had lots of people there oh, okay they had they were having like a party but 
um, yeah, but they they uh, they they proclaimed ignorance. Okay. And yeah. that's that's a shame, you know. So it's um, I guess that's the the, the state of the world we live in. Okay. You, you just hit and run. Wow. Well, well, it must have been. Was it considerable? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, there's the, the horror, the worst horror stories in that where the people run into something and they remember the. Uh, why bring people? This is three hundredth episode with well, a lady that hits a guy, homeless guy or something on the street, and she's stuck in the he's stuck in the windshield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that no, guy. That, oh. You know, the crazy thing is. Um, as many people that walk and ride their bikes in this neighborhood, I'm surprised. Yeah. There just weren't anyone there at the time. My daughter and grandson had been in the same spot 20 minutes before she went. She took him downstairs to get something out of the car for him and came back upstairs. Oh. Well, thank and, God uh, no one was hurt. So, yeah, no, we're very, very thankful. Well, that is that is notable occurrence. I'm glad I didn't have anything notable like that. So, uh, um uh, I hope uh, you're able to recover some of the damages there. But um, at least no one was hurt. Okay, well, it's our 300th episode, I have to say. I promise that I do this, that you have your say. And I think that's horrible how people shirk their responsibilities. But I can understand, I hate to say, I don't condone it. I can understand that the person was probably drinking and they took off and. You know, now if they show up, it's hit. It's leaving the scene of an accident. It's much more serious, right? Yeah, absolutely. You heard about that lady that ran into the back of us in our car, and she took off, and then Monroe, she came back, and she said, well, she finally returned. I said, well, she didn't return. She was she was uh, going to leave. She, she was heading north after a couple minutes, you know. So, yeah, they... Yeah, you know, you don't know how people think. They they were in the wrong. They definitely were in the wrong. So, I, I it's bringing back it's it's PTSD. It's bringing back memories for me, uh, Joe. <laughs> so, it's our three hundredth episode. I started. We started um, April something mid April, early April, two thousand seventeen. It is now on the cusp of. June, or at the last, yep, on the last week of June of 2020, and a 300th episode. And going at the pace that we were going back then, one, maybe two shows a week, we would have, what would that be like? Uh, it should have been, yeah, two shows a week, it would have been about right, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. God, we should have been, we should have been here a lot longer because we did about four, I guess there was a couple weeks, we, a couple, times we just did one show a week you know there's one of the yeah. people on the um, Florida Keys uh, media site that has 1500 no they're not on the media site they're producing one of their shows they have 1500 episodes so we're just we linger we linger where other people there may not be the quality may not be there the, the writing may not be there the um, God, what else? Content might not be hey, man, there, but we are. We, we do have the episodes. We 
do have the episodes. We're not. It's one of those things. We've stayed on the air. Luckily, it's not. We probably would have been canceled long ago if it was up to all the sound problems I've had in the past. You've yeah, man, it. those are just bugs. Those are just bugs you got to work through. Yep, yep. I mean, there's always this slight echo that we have, and I haven't been able to figure that out. But that's it's you know, if you're not going to be working in a studio, that's one of the things you're going to do. We I mean, we have the mics. Sometimes with the mics, the, the the dynamic mics are the ones that work the best. You'd have to be in like a sound control room. <clears throat> but from the beginning, Joe, uh, the first time it'd be like really weak signal, and then I pick up all the sounds around. I, uh, you know, you'd have all this ambient noise. I tried it with a power mic originally. What I didn't know about podcasting could fill volumes. And uh, well, what I would know, do is I would just set a powered mic up and have my co-host and I talk and I picked some subject. And I bet, I guess I had a big hard on for blue cheese olives, right? Because <laughs> fucking people, I guess for the whole thing, they go, oh, you have blue cheese olives and you eat them and stuff like that. And it's, it's a pain in the ass to make and people treat it like an hors d'oeuvre and it's not an hors d'oeuvre. It's a, it's a, uh, a condiment it's a decoration that goes on a drink and you know it's, it's delicious but and then people just would get me eight of those and I say you know what we got to start charging you know that's that's an hors d'oeuvre yeah plus I imagine it gets a little expensive nah, it's a more it's it, not not as much it's it's time it's time you make like 40 of them. You don't want to make too many of them because they get moldy. I know blue cheese is moldy cheese, but that mold gets moldy. And there's a certain way you got to make it. Some people put it in a pastry bag, but if you didn't do it in a pastry bag, the cheese comes out gray. Oh, right? oh, because it's all mixed up. It's all mixed up, yep. Yeah. So you want to do it. I mean, they had, I mentioned this previous in previous shows. I've seen on these cocktail magazines they had contests I mean people would spend so much time one of them made it look like a, a desert island they, they had a little sprig of a parsley coming up it looked like a palm tree and a, one thing looked like a rock and a little pimento on it and stuff like that it was just art and why the hell would you make something like that and then, you know once you've seen something like that if you went into a restaurant you didn't one of those restaurants you know the restaurants that have uh, they give you the menu and there's no prices on it. Yeah, very foo foo, you know, very yeah. uh, elite. If you go to a place, yeah, what do you think? Hey, what? What do you think a drink like that's going to cost in a restaurant like that's that? That's what I was 30? saying. If you saw something, an olive, and you said, "Wow, this is a work of art," and there's no prices there and stuff like that, I'm thinking twenty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, like I was. That. I was going to say that's got to be a that's got to be a thirty dollar drink. And yeah. quite frankly, can you really? I mean, I wouldn't enjoy it. I'd be thinking about the fact that I just spent 30 bucks on a drink. Well, there's people out there uh, on these cocktail. I get this book called uh, Death and Company. I got this book someone gave me in AA. This uh, young woman gave me this book uh, called Death and Company. It's a, it's a cocktail book. And 
it tells a story about the creation of these drinks. This guy creates this. It's in my. It's in New York. This bar that makes these really fancy concoctions, things like that. They have like fifty different types of bitters and premixes and all natural stuff. And when people like that go out, they maybe have two drinks. Right? Yeah. Two, but, maybe three drinks. And kind of much like yourself. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, if, I if, mean, if you if spent, day, if you, if you spent yes. $25 a martini and you had two martinis, that's 50 bucks. That's a lot. I understand. But I used to easily spend 50 to $80 on cheaper booze. Because I was no, I, I hold on. I I I cannot stomach. I guess bottom shelf alcohol. I mean, if I have a drink, and I've always been this way, uh-huh. um, the cheaper alcohol, I mean, just messes me up. So I I've always opted for top shelf. I don't, and I don't care how much it costs. But you know, when you get a bourbon or a vodka. Still, you're not spending no twenty five or thirty dollars on it. I mean, well, it's, a, it's just spend... a different. It's a different aspect of drinking. There, I was not. I was discerning somewhat. As long as it was bourbon, there were some bourbons I wouldn't drink, but there was a whole bunch of them I would. And uh, I did not have a problem with early times. I could drink that neat. So the more. I think the more difficult, the, there are problem drinkers that drink only Grey Goose or very, you know, 15 times distilled vodka or, you know, specialty gins or single barrel uh, malt scotches and things. There are, you know, and they go out instead of spending $50, $80, they spend like $200, $400 when they're out drinking. Uh, but, my problem was not that I was drinking too many specialty cocktails or $25 martinis. If I had the wherewithal, I might have become that person, but it's not, that's not the person I was. And that's not the reason I, uh, the reason I don't drink right now is I never knew when I would stop. But what was I getting to? The blue cheese olive things and all these people when they have, when people say, I have to have this, I have to have that. And I go like this, well, they're obviously not a problem drinker. You know? Right. It's amazing when I guess some people come in and they say, well, they don't have this particular, do you have so-and-so? And they go, no. And they go, well, that's, and they leave. And not all the time, you know? They'll have a couple other things, but there are people that'll leave if you don't have their favorite. Well, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, if you're really looking forward to something that you you've acquired a specific taste for, let's say, a bourbon, yeah, and you know the house just doesn't have that bourbon, and that's all you're in the mood for. Yeah, I can see. Well, yeah, go find another bar. Yeah, yeah, and and, and originally when I started the show, I I was drinking then, and I would make fun of those people. They were pain in the ass. But then again, now in retrospect, the change around, if you look back at the early episodes, forget everything I said. 
if you need a blue cheese olive to drink your dirty martini and stuff like that, you won't drink one instead, you'll drink water, you do not have a problem with drinking. You may have a problem with being an asshole. Right? Exactly. You may yeah. have a problem with being an <laughs> asshole, but drinking is not your problem. And uh, kudos for that for you. There's a feather in your cap or up your ass, whatever you want to do. A hair Probably up their ass, but a a, hair, at least a they're hair not going to... ass, maybe. But, uh, hair, yeah, but... It... Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I went... So we got over the drinking, the persnickety drinkers. And then um, we have, I used to pick on the people that would come in and what other things would we have that had, uh, yeah, particular drinks, particular drinks, like how many different cocktails they'd need. It's like, I would, oh, pick something for me. Make me something. Make me something special. Oh. And I pick on them, these people, and I said, just because they're indecisive and they don't know what to order, do you have a cocktail menu? And I'm like, oh, geez, that's definitely not a person that wants to look at your specialty drinks. And if they're in their 20s and 30s, either they've just got introduced to alcohol or they never developed the problem. Yeah, I guess they're still. They're still exploring. They're still, there's, you know, the, yeah, neat, the very, neatness of I mean, it, you know. There's probably a subset of people. There's There was a bit on the Kids in the Hall. Uh, it's a Canadian comedy show from the 90s. Um, you know, girly drinks, drunks, people that would get just get drunk on tiki drinks and shit like that. But it's a rarity. <laughs> if you need to look, if you need to look at the cocktail menu to make your... You know, to know your drink. You're either 21, just turned 21, and your parents just took you out for a drink. You just left your, uh, you're on, you're an Amish person, and you're on Rumspringer. You know what Rumspringer is, right? Uh, no. Tell me. Rumspringer is when you're in between, when you're not a full adult in, in the Amish community, and you're allowed to go out and sample uh, the ways of the world. Oh, can you have sex? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can have sex. You're not supposed to get pregnant and stuff like that. But I think you can have sex. You can do all sorts of things when you're on Rumspringer. But when you come back, when you come back to the fold, when you're done, the idea is they think you're going to go out, you're going to see the disillusionment and all this stuff, and there'll be, um, it's a good way of getting people back and committed to your community. I, I guess it worked. It's, it's really worked for that Think about it. They got wagons still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. They, you know, other communities died out and they stayed and flourished, really. Flourished. Maybe they're not huge, not, you know, there should be, maybe there should be like 20 million of them if you consider the big, as the bigger families as they have. But they, they maintain, they're still around. There's yeah, they just blown away. They, like that, but they're, they're still around. So I mentioned the people that have don't know what they want to drink. Oh, they could come from a country that, you know, drinking's frowned upon. That's got to suck, right? If well, you're Muslim. I, listen, or, yes. If and you don't if know you're, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, you're in a country, they don't, we don't have booze in my country. So it's well here, you know, and then you drink, you drink the uh, Mai Tai. Yeah, and then you get hooked, and you're oh like, my "Oh my god, shit. this is wait, this tastes like a fruit punch." 
Oh, and I have a, ooh, this is interesting because immediately it's a stimulating effect in the beginning and then it's a depressant in the end. And, uh, yeah, and then, oh my God, that must be horrible, horrible to be Muslim and an alcoholic. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. You, well, admit, I think you, you have to admit that you're doing something that's against the teaching of the Quran or whatever, against your mullah. Uh, and uh, Imam, uh, and you have a problem with it. Wow. I think there's a penalty for being an alcoholic and a Muslim. You you, you go to heaven, and then you're a judge to go to hell and be served by 72 bartenders. None of them have teeth. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, the virgins? Yeah. Instead of the virgins, you get 72 female bartenders, yeah, I just, no teeth. Yeah, the math is... Is incredible. Like, where do they get all these virgins and stuff like that in, in heaven for all these people that think they're, you know, that was just, just like, well, whatever. So we have those people. We have those people. And then you have the people that just don't drink that often. They drink on vacation. They drink when they're out. Like you, like you, infrequent. They don't drink all the time. When you go, when you go over, when you, I remember going to shows um, over at the Kelly's and you, you know, you just have your cigarette, your Coke. Yeah, I mean, if I have a, a drink, it's, like I said, I, I, one or two a month. And uh, and I'm pretty I'm pretty stable as far as I like my Campari. Uh, and if I have if I have bourbon, it's usually Basil Hayden's. Um, oh, because I know I can have one drink and, you know, a good bourbon and a Campari. Those are like my two favorites. So that's what I get stuck with. Well, that's, that, I mean, like I said, when you, people that infrequently drink or don't know what they want and things like that, I think it's safe to say there's a good chance you don't have a problem. But the problem develops, you know, you obviously can start drinking when you're 21, not sure what you're going to drink. And then all of a sudden you start going, well, I could drink anything. You know, get your 12-pack, drink your, you know, get your 30-pack of beer whatever that's hard boy those beer drinkers man the people that are alcoholics and they're beer drinkers they got it down a lot of liquid especially when they're oh. alcoholic and they're they're drinking that 3.5 beer 3.3 beer and they got to get good and drunk they got to drink lots of beer lots and lots and lots and lots and lots, and lots. but not like yeah. people that drink vodka nah. or bourbon you just drink sloshy, uh, a sloshy 12 ounces, drunk you're drunk. done. You're not done, done. You're intoxicated. And then the rest of it is you may, maintaining it. So quick to get there from with that. I hate to teach people that, but that's the way it is. You know? And you probably know this. You're aware of it. If you're, if you, if you're like looking at your fridge and you got a six pack in there and you think, well, that's not enough. Um, and it's just you. Um, no, I, I hesitate to say you might have a problem. It's only a problem when it becomes you. And, and I won't talk about that anymore. But that's that's changed in the three hundred episodes. To me, viewing people with that have a difficulty choosing their drink. You know. 
there's yeah i think we've agreed that there uh it's the newness of it yeah um and there's yeah and there's people that always drink and they drink all the time and they drink their vodka and club and stuff like that or whatever they drink and then they go well i really don't like that vodka i'm like really you have a problem you know you drink 20 of them yeah you don't have a problem with it I know, I'm not making light of their problem or difficulty. I'm just saying they really don't. And when they start thinking they need a better vodka, they're thinking they want a better life. That's what they're telling themselves. Yeah. That's what I learned in these 300 episodes. And then a couple times I'd bitch. So in the 300 episodes, I'd bitch about some of the people coming in, some of the interesting people. I'm always going to do that. That won't change. Uh, well, of course it won't change. The bar. No. You're supposed to have interesting people, characters. Some local, some just one timers. Yeah, we got a new character that came into her. Uh, I don't want to say her name. Jesus. I mean, that character, um, she came in. She has a flamingo uh, umbrella. Right? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> flamingo, God. A pink flamingo umbrella. And she comes in. And she must be lonely. And I feel kind of bad for her and stuff like that. Because she's not super nutty. She's not super nutty. She's just a little... She's a little talkative. And she'll walk and she'll walk over and talk to strangers. To people that are sitting by themselves. She'll go and look at signs on the walls. Even though she's seen them before. In order to talk to someone. And she'll get to start talking about them. And then realize... People realize, oh, this person's very familiar with me. And they're telling me a lot of information about themselves. I guess I kind of do that. People who are either attempting to be uh, social or who are very social, outgoing, uh-huh. uh, they can start a, you know, someone who's talented at it or it comes natural. You know, you start a conversation and before you know it, you've exchanged information um, and, and they know they know enough about you to feel comfortable so that when next time they see you again they'll ask you hey how about your son you told me how's he doing or your daughter or uh-huh. you know there's a familiarity that develops rather quickly and i think in a bar setting there's a certain level of being a comfortability that goes with that and mm-hmm. it, and it's a draw and people feel wanted and accepted um, oh. kind of a second home kind of thing you know I, that's I, a, I think it's a good thing Oh, yeah, it is, but there's overly familiar and things. I realize I tell a lot. Uh, people overly agreeable and things like that. I've been called that. And I, as I've gotten older, I, Jesus, it's amazing. It could be, I've always, I think in the last six months, I've done it more than I did before. But, I mean, I usually tell the truth about how I feel when someone says something and they draw it out of me. And stuff like that. There was that other day I told you about the couple, and they were sitting there, and then the the couple's having an oh, this couple's having an argument. They're from the left and the right. They're conspiracy theorists about the way politics are, and they come from the left and the right. And this other couple's laughing, and I thought they were laughing because he thought they were both kind of ridiculous, and I thought they agreed with me. And then I went on my little tirade. Not with the crazy couple there that was having the argument from the left and right, but with the people who were laughing. And then I said, well, you know, they mentioned religion and something like that. They were talking about Trump walking to the church. 
and holding up the thing. And I said, yeah, you know, it's funny how people really think, you know, people think he's a defender of the faith and stuff like that. But I don't believe almost anybody, you know, in almost all religions, if they knew the person that was leading them didn't believe in what they believed, they would shun that person. Right. Right. You know, yeah. when you've you had a priest or, uh, uh, you know, whoever's the head of your religion, the pope or anything, uh, head rabbi, and you say, well, they don't believe in any of this. They're just reaping our loyalty and our fealty from them because they're paying lip service to it, but they don't, they know nothing of what we believe. And they could care less. They're just using well. it as their power base. And I said this to these people. I said, and the people have no idea. They don't. They think he's holding it up and that he loves it. And look how he hugs the flag. He doesn't hug. He doesn't love the flag. He would never. He'd never done anything to display his patriotism for this country. Not the way he treats with our enemies. Um, no, in fact, you know, hugging yeah, it, the flag, going while hugging the flag. He's doing it for effect. He's doing it for effect. Uh, the uh, guy's never raised the flag. He may. The only time he's probably touched the flag since he come became uh, a president and doing that and it's all play acting it's play acting like he's a parent a good parent play acting like he's a good husband play acting his true his true feelings are way behind that he doesn't have any democratic temper what do i mean he doesn't believe in democracy or anything like that and um and i i I told these people that and I thought they were they were laughing so hard at some of the things I was saying but when I went on my little tirade the couple was quiet and disheartened because I guess they thought I thought like them <laughs> you know <laughs> I guess they thought well he's a he's a white guy in his late 50s and he's wearing an American flag buff well, believe it or not, there's those of us, and you're one of them, who who are respectful of the flag, who, uh, you, you know, we treat it, we take it down at night, we fold it, we don't let it touch the ground. We're we're just we we just don't make a religion out of it. Yeah, you listen, um, um, <laughs> where to begin? First of all. I refuse to defend my patriotism as a Democrat uh, yeah. to anyone, period, mm-hmm. end of story. And anyone who thinks it, that buys into this, you're a Democrat, so you're not a real American, uh, they'll have to pull that flag out of their ass. Um, you know, when, when take incoming rounds, go fight in the street for your life, put bad people in jail, keep your children safe. You know, deliver the bad news that your your loved ones ain't coming home again. And oh yeah, by the way, I, I, I'm a liberal Democrat. I'm I'm, I'm a conser- fiscally conservative liberal Democrat, and I'm gay. But I've been in the trenches, and I'll defend that flag uh, probably quicker than some of those others, because I have a personal view that you know, the more you talk about it, if you've never done it you're probably a coward and yep. you're just, you're just putting it up like Trump puts it up. You're hiding, you're no, hiding no behind it. That. You're hiding behind it. So just bring it down a notch, man. Just come back onto the same playing yeah. field. Let's just talk. We're all Americans and, and stop the nonsense. But I can't stand people who, who've gone so divisive 
yeah. um, that just because you're not a Republican and mm-hmm. not a Trump supporter, somehow uh, you must not stand for the flag. And that's uh-huh. just that you may as well believe in the flat earth theory. It's well, it's amazing how unpatriotic the opposition has gotten. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's an amazing. opposition. They, for some reason, for some reason, they think they're. Uh, but but you know the nice thing about and I'll say in these three hundred episodes, I think I've been pretty consistent with um, with who I am and what uh, I represent. And that's a nice thing I believe. In, you know, in in those three hundred episodes, and we've had uh, different host on there and they all were pretty consistent about that uh, some have more ill-defined reasoning behind it uh bill and bill and luke were more bill was more of a libertarian but he certainly was no supporter of this uh uh, uh this president and luke wasn't and so almost everyone to a person was pretty much reasonable when it came to that those things and uh, I've been on the wrong side of some issues, but I don't think I've been on the wrong side of the way a woman should be treated, um, a way our country should behave, and uh, general civility, general civility in public, how to treat people properly. I think, I think we've been pretty on mark there. We've... Uh, been consistent about it there's uh, when people come in and obviously you're not going to teach somebody who's spent their whole life being rude and obnoxious you're not going to teach them another way but I always had this feeling that some people there's a, a school of thought meaning you can't teach other people what they aren't and if they're rude obnoxious and um general bullies that you just let them be and turn the other cheek but I'm not a turn the other cheek person I just don't want to make it easy for them if that fuels it for them if they get upset that's you know that's just what it is but you can't just walk you can't walk through uh, life unobstructed if you have these horrible views you know no uh, society actually demands that those people on some level get confronted otherwise whether it, it go through life bullying people into into complacency or silence you know yep. no we saw what happened like that in other countries you bully yep. people into complacency and silence and horrors absolute horrors happen so we're, we're that's not the fabric of this country this country uh you get challenged when your views are immoral when your views are erratic unpatriotic and and we need to i don't care what your leanings politically are that's the beauty of this country mm-hmm. you can't let people get away with bullying you in conversation while they're extolling some ridiculously bigoted uh neo-fascist type views fuck that well it, mean, it, it as we ridiculous. roll around the 2000 november 2020 we're we're going to see a lot more of that. So I, I 
the 300, I, could, I can guarantee this to the listeners, and this before we wrap up, that we will not, um, I mean, not that we, we don't, we're, we're not going to sit idly by and people say there's entertainment. Well, what, if you're in the world today and if you're in the United States, are you just going to ignore what's going on? Are you just going to, are you going to speak up? Right? Are you just going to ignore it and just speak up? And I said, we have a platform. We're going to speak up. And hopefully the people that agree with us listen to us. Because obviously if you don't agree with us, why would you fucking listen to us? Are you just making you angry? You go and be angry (laughs) on your own. That's all right. You know, you don't want an inclusive society. It's not going to be white anymore. It's not going to be exclusively white. It's not going to be exclusively straight. It's not going to be exclusively Christian. You know? This this uh, fantasy of uh, an all Christian white nation is over. Okay, it's 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 a heterogeneous society. The United States, yeah. and we're, we're a patchwork. We're a patchwork, and the more you get into understanding that outlook, the easier it will be for you. Uh, the people say, "Well, I'm not going to comply." You know, like it's a face mask. You know, I'm not going to comply. You know, you're, you're showing your resistance. Well, you're you're in the minority. And it's the same thing happened in, in the Civil War and stuff like that during World War II. Uh, there's, there, you know, you think you might have get the upper hand, but you don't know what to do with it when you have it. There's not enough hateful people in the United States to turn us into a Nazi Germany. We're just not that heterogeneous as society anymore. It just won't happen. You know? It's not a, it's a, pipe, it's a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. No, but that's not to say that damage can't be done. No, damage can be done. Damage can be done, but it's not It's not going to happen. You're not going to have a, a racially pure America. It's not the thing. It's not going to happen. So... Why not embrace the likelihood of a heterogeneous one where people get along instead of a separated one where people don't get along? What is so bad about getting along? Oh, well, then you challenge generations long uh, views, bigoted views, prejudiced views. And and, get rid of the hate. And the hate. So, you know, when you have a guy like Trump who lights the fuse and you know what? If he huh, he's not smart enough to be open and inclusive because it takes an expanding kind of mind, expansive nah, personality mind to be able to bring people in and say it and mean it. They say it and mean they, it. And it takes bravery to say, listen, you know, if you're hateful and you don't do this, you know, if you don't believe that we're uh, the American dream is accessible to everybody, then you're not welcome in my party if you don't th- if you think just because someone came over here when they were two three years old and they only speak english and they don't know anything else and they don't know anything about whatever country they came from but they they're Amer- they're american they speak english they, a lot of them don't speak another language they don't know the other cultures they never haven't been been to that country since they were a baby i'm talking about daca the daca yeah, of course. people so just 
get over it, include them in, because in the end, they're going to stay included. Don't make it, don't create hard feelings. You're creating partisans. That's creating partisans. You're not going to be able to send people away. Our country was made from different groups of people. But the division is the, is the intended outcome because it's a, it's a, it's a drug. It's like an adrenaline dump. It shores up power, but it's it's destined to doom. It, it's pretty much like the force, you know. And the force, you know, in all every movie and stuff like almost every movie and stuff like that, when it's written by someone, eventually the bad side loses. The bad side loses. You got to know what bad is. Bad's evil. It's mean. It's 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 it tears asunder. You know. It's just. You, you you can't be mean to half the people or 87% of the people, whatever the white people make on the planet. You can't be a miserable prick to everyone and conclude yourself in the good. The, the people that are good are inclusive. You know, if you think of all of them, you think, you know, some of them, you know, you can think in the past, but if you think of Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, good. They, they were, they're seen. Okay, Kennedy had some. They had some skeletons in the class, but they're seen as better because they're more. They bring people together, bringing people together, not bringing them apart. So let's. Let, um, I'm going to endeavor for the next hundred episodes to kind of do that. And I think, what are we now? We're at 300, and it's June 25th. If we do four episodes a week, even when I. Let's see, four episodes a week. There's four weeks in twenty eighth, uh, January, August eighth. Uh, what we got? Wait, four sixteen. I don't know how many. How many do we do? Sixteen or about seventh by the January or February? February, the end of February. We're doing our. 400th episode. Okay. By then, I hope uh, we'll, you know, that that 400th episode will have seen a change. We can only hope. Yeah. Well, we can only hope. For Joe, I want to thank you for being on for the 300th episode. And My pleasure. I'd like to thank the listeners. Um, and if you do listen to the show please follow us on facebook or twitter or tumblr or instagram yes i'm on tumblr uh i know that's more of a blog site but i guess i should be blogging more who knows may or less concerning but if you're not if you're listening to it regularly you probably don't have a problem with me doing my rants and uh, if you do like the show become a regular subscriber share it with like-minded friends or you know, and or people you want to really piss off. <laughs> you know, send it to someone you really want to piss off. There you go. There's a guy you might want to listen to. He mentioned you personally, and he called you an asshole. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, that's all I have to say. You have anything to say? You want to say goodbye, Joe? Yes. Uh, share this with your homophobic friends. Feel free. And yep. uh, it's been a pleasure. And, um, uh, wish everyone a, a good day and a good week. Hey, thanks, Joe. 
Okay, signing off in three, two, one. We could talk over the music. Let's try it. The music playing right music. now. Here, I'll turn it down a little. <laughs> it's probably real loud. Nope, I got it on 64. Yeah, I told, you know, when they came up with this music, I'll talk over this. Uh, I asked for something like kind of pseudo-surfy, pseudo-bluesy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the music works well. Yeah. I, like, I like the little intro music and, and, and yeah. exit music. I, if anything, I swear to God, if we make, I will definitely make to say this on the thing I do um, uh, this is Bill Wissinger who came up with this uh, the music for the show so it's kind of it's going to be hard to do some music I'll get to see if Lee can rework it and uh, Lee Sharp can rework it and uh, do something with that okay well let's sign off rework it and get words down to 14 seconds Talk to you later, Joe. Okay, take care. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria.